the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Irreverent, over the top, and smart as a whip. This is The Rob Black Show. I'm Rob Black, talking to all things financial money, investing, and more. Welcome into the show. Welcome to Fantasy Island. The Blaine, the Blaine, the Blaine. I wish it was that much fun, but it's not. Um, yesterday we had mixed markets. NASDAQ was up slightly, kind of break even, maybe a push sideways, but sideways is not down. Therefore, I call it a win. SP 500 was down one half, 1%. Dow was down three quarters of a percent. 10 year treasury dipped beneath 1.6, maybe saying things aren't going so smoothly out there. The NASDAQ. Was the winner winner chicken dinner going sideways as Microsoft and Alphabet both reported terrific? Gosh, Tom, that's terrific. Earnings powered by interday records. Um, Alphabet's staring down a 2.000000000 trillion dollar market cap. Great Google Moogle. Democrats are in a standoff about the billionaire's tax, with one powerful congressman saying it was dead while the champion of the tax, Senator Ron Wyden, insisted it was still on the table. Democrats just can't get their act together. You are a mess out there, boys. Democrats are looking for a way to raise revenue to fund their $1.7 trillion spending bill. And it's interesting. Elon Musk is like, one day this will be you guys. He's talking to the non-super filthy rich and saying our government will always go after someone. This month, they're going after billionaires. In the doggy eat doggy world or the dogecoin eat dogecoin world, there's new alpha. Thanks to a parabolic rally in the last few months. Shiba Inu coin has leapfrogged Dogecoin. One dog has leapfrogged another dog. And this is what just makes freaking fracking cryptocurrency so crazy. Like, why is there a dog on this currency? I'm used to seeing Grant and George Washington, a couple, couple Abraham Lincolns. If he was a woman, it would be Abraham Lincolns. I, I'm used to seeing presidents on my money, not dogs. The investing, investing platform Robinhood had a rough day yesterday. Their revenue was way, way, way big time mess. Swing and a miss. Just a bit outside. Like it was bad. Crypto accounted for more than 50% of Robinhood's transaction-based revenue in the second quarter. Dogecoin made up 62% of all crypto revenue. But as Dogecoin was put on a leash, it's down 67% from its peak. Robinhood's crypto revenue Followed suit, plunging 78%. Dogecoin is the cheap one. It's the easiest way to get in with you understanding. I'm getting a lot of these things for a little bit of money. 
don't have $60,000 to buy one Bitcoin, go buy lots of Dogecoins. That's the, the mentality. And Robinhood wants to be the deliberate about their, their plans. But investors get antsy and Robinhood's trying to say, wait, 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 don't call go away. So the stock got hit when Dogecoin investors got a little bit freaked out that they've lost 67% from its peak. <clears throat> That's what you have to accept when you're buying crypto. When we bought tech stocks in the 1990s, my generation, Generation X, we would see companies like Yahoo go up 200% in a year, only to fall 40% the next year, and then dwindle down to almost nothing. You may not think of this anymore, but Yahoo was once side-by-side -side with Google. And both of them were these just huge, huge, huge moonshots. Yahoo did it before Google. Google kind of figured out what Yahoo did and did it better. Yahoo tried to be a TV channel, a portal to media consumption. Google said, let's just sell advertisements to whatever people want in the world. Rock, scissors, paper, Google won. Cigarette sales rose last year for the first time in two decades. Puff, 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 puff. Cigarette sales are rising. What the hell is going on in the world? Eight million more cigarettes were sold in 2020 compared to 2019. Smoking rates have steadily fallen since 2000. Experts attribute that to taxes, taxes, taxes. Anti-smoking legislation. Programs to help users quit. I got an email from a lady who was looking at a company. That their one drug that they're trying to solve was helping people quit smoking. I'm like, if this was 2000, I'm in. But I look at the millennials and I go, well, they hate smokers, right? Unless it's marijuana. Unless it's dope. Mary Jane. Wacky weed. Sales of smokeless tobacco and alcohol increased last year, showing that vices are more popular in 2020 when we were locked up. Dalgona coffee. Oh, God. Oh, let's just put it this way. A lot can be seen in trends. Rent the Runway, the clothing services that lets you rent outfits from designer brands, went public yesterday, despite the fact that its entire business model hinges on the worst part of the online shopping. Basically, you return everything. So this is a company that sends you stuff that you're supposed to return. So they have to send it to you. That's a cost. Then you have to send it back. That's a cost. That's a big challenge in my mind. Before I get into the, the, the clothing industry being a $40 billion industry, as far as used clothing goes, but it's growing 15% year over year. And again, it's a millennial thing where they don't necessarily have to own new. As long as it's lightly used, they're okay with it. Um, let's take a look at some top stories today. I've already hit the top one. Shiba Inu coin. It's an alternative coin to Dogecoin. It's gained over a thousand percent in the last month. An ex Goldman Sachs investment chief just launched a growth fund that bets on controversial stocks. He's finding in this guy I've run across in the past. His name's Gary Black. <laughs> All he invests in are companies that are like distraught, which is 
he's like, I take a, an outlook on the future. Gary Black is very, very interesting. <clears throat> Any company that's struggling, either in media, in Department of Justice, in stock price, he kind of likes it. Like, for instance, he likes a company called Celsius, ticker symbol C-E-L-H. They're in the business of going after uh, Monster and Red Bull. It's a healthier alternative. So do you see how he's not going with the winner, Red Bull and Monster? He's going with Celsius as the healthy alternative. He likes Google. He thinks it's got a modest PE, a modest PE for a tech titan, tech titans. He pointed out that they still own 90% of the search engine market and likes the growth prospects for its video platform, YouTube. YouTube just had a fantastic quarter. Um, he also likes Harley-Davidson. And he thinks it's pretty speculative, but he thinks they're going to be the leader in producing electric EV bikes, which is interesting. <clears throat> Tesla has not shown us an electric vehicle motorcycle. It's clearly something that's triggered in Elon Musk. He doesn't want to do it. Someone's going to do it. And they're going to make a lot of money doing it. With climate change, he likes Generac for generators. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial. Money investment more. Find me online at robblackchill.com. Brought to you by EP Wealth. This is the Rob Black Show. Invest in what is really important. Rob Black has partnered with EP Wealth Advisors. Are you concerned with financial planning, tax planning, managing your investments, or just planning your retirement? Rob Black has partnered with EP Wealth Advisors. With over $12 billion in assets under management and more than 80 financial professionals at the helm, EP has your financial future in mind. Learn more by visiting robblackshow.com. That's robblackshow.com. 2022 is right around the corner. I'm going to have a good year. 2021, I changed directions. 2021 was still a COVID year for too much of it. So some of the plans that I had have been slowed. But I'm starting to put together some podcasts that are going to be fantastic. And I'm starting to put together some video ideas around that, as well as some new media distribution. Um, stay with me and find out more at robblackshow.com. It's robblackshow.com. Uh, thank you for being a consumer of my information. I appreciate it. Economic activity decelerated. Decelerated to 2% annualized rate in the United States. Um that's the slowest clip in quite a while. The reopening surge is starting to fade. That is problematic. The Biden economic agenda seems like some of it's going to get done, but not as much as what was promised and thus maybe disappointing on Wall Street or somewhere along those lines. Poor Dogecoin. It looks like it's died. Um, stock markets are doing well. <clears throat> Today, uh, we're in part week two of basically, I look at earnings season as three weeks. That's when the majority of the companies in the S&P 500 report. Yeah, there's some stragglers that kind of a couple weeks before, a couple weeks after. Some in, interspersed in the quarter, but not very many. The material ones are right here. It starts with the financials, then it goes to the big tech titans, and then it goes to the rest of the S&P 500 in my mind. 
but I'm always interested in Wall Street um, and how it reacts to earnings. So there's a lot going on in that statement. Reaction towards earnings season. Um, Microsoft stock jumped to record highs. All eyes will be on Apple today. The two tech giants are vying for the largest market value. Microsoft has had an amazing 10 years after really underperforming in the early 2000s when they were called a monopoly, when the EU basically said, you're too big. You need to separate this whole browser thing. And Bill Gates went to court and he fought it tooth and nail. And they lost their focus. That's one of the things that you worry about when your company is testifying in front of Congress. So maybe Mark Zuckerberg's doing the right thing by changing the company name Facebook to Meta and becoming the CEO of Meta and leaving the title of CEO of Facebook behind because the CEO of Facebook's going to have to go to Congress a lot in the coming years. And he's going to be humiliated and made fun of. He's going to be talked down to by congressmen. Bill Gates went to the European Union and said, you know, but, but wait, I'm right, you're wrong. And the European Union said, no, no, you're wrong, we're right. Mario Gabelli has racked up a 7,000% gain on Berkshire Hathaway stock, the billionaire head of Gamco. Explains why he still backs Warren Buffett. I like Mario Gabelli. He's an old school New Yorker. So what you see come out, what, what comes out of his mouth, what you hear coming out of his mouth versus what you see on the screen, you're like, whoa. Um, he's a legendary investor. He's the Willie Mays Hayes of investing. He's that good. He's all that in a bucket of chicken. He said yesterday that Gabelli, he doesn't expect a major market pullback for at least another year. He's warning of rising inflation, economic disruption, as stimulus ends. That's the phrase that pays right now. We're talking about Congress and Biden. And I'll say this. I think every administration just adds to our national debt. You can say Republican. You can say Democrat. I don't think either one of them are doing a good job of balancing a budget. And shame on them because we're spending more than we're saving. Or we're spending more than we're making for sure. I don't necessarily think we have to save, but... Um, let's talk about some of the things that Mario Gabelli said. It's really easy. He's going out and defending Robin Hood as well because he said Robinhood's bringing individuals into the capital market. Even though they may lose money, they start learning about asset allocation and capital and ownership of assets. So a lot of people are coming to the defense of the company. I wonder if he owns shares, right? Um, he still likes Warren Buffett. You could always think of Buffett as railroads, industrial America, insurance, and you think about the digital revolution, you say this guy doesn't understand it. He pulls the trigger on Apple. Give the guy credit. Cabelli's saying Buffett's been dynamic. Um, he made a $10 billion financing deal with Occidental Petroleum. He's done recent bets on Snowflake and Newbank, a sign of growing taste for private deals, making it a fee-fee. Um, alternative to big acquirers like Blackstone and KKR. So just throwing that out there, there's some really good people you should listen to. Mario Gabelli is one of them, in my opinion. Let's talk about 
Wall Street, money and investing and more. Um, in tech today, we're digesting the big earnings season, but we're also digesting Tesla. Tesla's had quite a 10-day experience. Uber's launching a fleet of 50,000 Teslas as part of its push to make its rideshare network entirely electric. Uber is sending thousands of Teslas to the streets of LA, San Francisco, San Diego, and Washington. The rollout is part of a partnership with rental car company Hertz, which placed an order of 100,000 Teslas earlier this week, helping Tesla get that $1 trillion valuation. Drivers in participating cities can rent the EVs starting November 1. So Uber and Hertz are working together, huh, with Tesla. Tesla's the one who chicken dinner in that formula, right? Facebook's going to reveal its new name likely today. I'm betting on Meta. Uh, Meta Corporation. Doesn't that sound like an evil corporation in the future? <laughs> I mean, seriously. If you were to see that in a, like a Josh Wielden TV show, you'd be like, that's an evil company. Instagram is letting all users add links to their stories. Links, which used to be available only to users with 10,000 followers on a verified account, will now be accessible to everyone. This can boost what are called nano or micro-influencers. Elon Musk didn't tell his team he was moving to Tesla's headquarters to Texas. They learned, when the public learned, the company's California leadership team didn't know about the headquarter move. He forgot to tell his management that. Um, Activision's canceled BlizzCon this year, which is interesting because Activision's got a lot of problems with sexual harassment and misconduct. I like Activision. I like video games. I can go into that whole spiel right now. Um, but I don't like sexual harassment or misconduct uh, management. But I do like that esports revenues are growing and forecast to hit $1.08 billion. There's money flowing into advertising, sponsorships, and media. I think the global esports market and video game market is so impressive that I might look to add to a position in Activision or Electronic Arts or Take-Two or Nintendo. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Resources to help you manage your money. Visit robblackshow.com. That's robblackshow.com. A personal financial plan with custom investment advice. That's why Rob Black has partnered with EP Wealth Advisors. With over $12 billion in assets under management and more than 80 financial professionals at the helm, EP services were built with you in mind. How can they help you? Find out at robblackshow.com. robblackshow.com. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial money, investing, and more. Anything you want to talk about, we can talk about. Um... One of my premises when it comes to talking about retirement is that there's no right answers. There's typically just compromises. In life, um, where who you're married to, they may be the perfect man or the perfect woman, but there's going to be something that you have to compromise on. Your children... They may want sugar. There's going to be something you need to compromise on. You can't always be right. And that's really, really important when it comes to investing, in my opinion. There's a company called Robinhood, which allows you to buy and sell 
stocks for no no fees. And I'll be honest with you, I kind of like it. Why? Because I also kind of hate it. <laughs> exactly. Having a conversation with myself sometimes feels like that. Why do I like it when I hate it? Because to me, what it is, is millennials. And to me, millennials are actually taking a we care to own something. You will never get ahead in life unless you own something. My producer can take this clip and make it into a, a soundbite commercial. You will never get ahead in life unless you own something. What does that mean? Assets, right? If you just live paycheck to paycheck, you're, you're dust in the wind. Oh, we always dust in the wind. Okay. So when I was 10 years old, I played baseball and it was a co-league. And now you're saying that's progressive. You played baseball with girls? Yes. And we won the championship and I played first base and I was a monster hitter. Monster hitter. So afterwards, we go for a pizza party, right? And at the pizza party, uh, Carol, Carol Lynch, if you're out there, call me. Uh, Carol was on my team. She, she was catcher. So the catcher first baseman battery, as we were known, we were hot for each other. We had some chemistry going that we didn't know was chemistry because we were 10 years old, for God's sake, and we lived in a PG world. But I played dust in the wind on the jukebox for she's like i like this song <laughs> i didn't play it for her i played at the pizza party and she liked it and that was her way of flirting and i just clammed up and froze i failed but i like robin hood because it's about all about the millennials and it's just compromises right um what i like about it is you're learning about assets and millennials do something that Generation Xers don't do. I'm a Generation Xer, and I'm really embarrassed when I say this. I have no friends. I've got no dad that I can go sit on his porch with and say, ah, I had a dad moment today. It was fantastic. Me and my wife really sparked up. Uh, we watched that football commercial where the guy throws the football through the tire, and we got all romantic. I have no male friends. I'm a Generation Xer. I'm a, I'm a go out and conquer the world by myself. I could probably scrounge up one or two. You really put me gun to my head. But I got no BFFs. Millennials, opposite. Every moment of their life is shared with each other. And that's what I really like about Robin Hood. As a collective, they're starting to own assets. And I don't care if it's Bitcoin. I don't care if it's gold. I don't care if it's stocks, bonds. I don't care if it's Pokemon cards. I like that millennials are thinking about accumulating assets. So I'm okay with Robin Hood. And I don't think the platform's perfect. And I don't think getting into crypto is the smartest thing in the world. But the generation before me thought me getting into video games is the worst idea in the world. Either playing them or investing in them. And I'll tell you what, it's been pretty damn lucrative for me. So I like the millennials are kind of like figuring this out and I'm okay with Robin hood. Sadly, some people are going to lose their, their money because it's 
it's not quite right for them. But I'm actually pretty okay with it too. When you lose money, learn lessons. Hopefully. So let's talk about the video game world. The global gaming market is set to reach $256 billion by 2025. What? That's a lot of money. More than 2.5 billion people play video games worldwide. In 2020, the console gaming market experienced its slowest growth rates since 2015 because we came up with a new console. Here's the weird thing. When Xbox 4 says, coming soon, Xbox 5. When Sony says, Sony PlayStation X, coming soon, Sony PlayStation X squared. Whatever console they're coming up with, whatever stupid naming scheme, and I just flipped them and I know that. People stop buying video games. They want to wait for the new generation, the new console. So the hardware fuels software. And then the software gets so damn good. But it's later in the cycle. And then late in the cycle, the hardware companies say, okay, people aren't buying game. <clears throat> people aren't buying the hardware as much as they're buying the software. So we're going to come up with a new piece of hardware. Now, what's interesting is the PlayStation 5 and the Sony and the Xbox Series X could be the last consoles ever. Because if you take a look, Xbox and Sony all have streaming capabilities to play online where you don't even have to have the computer. All you have to have is a joystick. You don't have to have the console. Now, okay, okay, okay. And that could be paired to your TV with Bluetooth, or it could be... So you don't even have to have anything in your home, in theory, except for a fast internet connection. Now, there will be a shift as we move towards cloud gaming from console gaming. But you know what a millennial once taught me? She doesn't like stuff. She doesn't like bookcases. She doesn't like books. She doesn't like... TVs with wires. She likes wireless TVs. She doesn't like stuff. That's why I care about the millennials. They teach me a lot. And they're the people who are buying. Sony estimated value is $13.4 billion. Esports have an audience of 456 million people worldwide. High fidelity mobile games are on the rise. In 2020, the video games market was worth over $90 billion. The global gaming market's $256 billion. In what are called immersive games, we've spent $4.5 billion. Now, what's an immersive video game? Virtual reality. That's growing aggressively. There's some companies out there that are brand new to me, brand new to you, that'll maybe make some progress and be acquired or maybe make some progress and grow into something special. And what I mean by there's some new ones, there's one called big screen VR and alt space VR, two of the big shots in the industry. They're fast progressing into the world of virtual reality games faster than many expect. And when you play the walking dead game in virtual reality and a zombie jump touches your shoulder and you jump, you're going to love it. You're going to pee your pants with happiness. Now, interesting, I don't look at the millennials to tell me about video games. The people I look at to tell me about video games is the Asia-Pacific region of the world. They consume tech faster. They. Oh, cancel me now. Oh, call the cancel lawyers. The Asia-Pacific gaming revenue is estimated to amount to over $174 billion 
of that 256 billion that I'm talking about. So more than half, let's call it most of the revenue is coming out of the Asia Pacific region. It's twice the size of North America. China is very, very interesting because they got the most amount of people in the world by a lot. It's a country with the largest video games market globally. But they're having issues with, we don't want our kids playing video games. The kids already figured out the hacks around it. So those rules are being broken fast. They, they one hour a day, too much. One hour, one minute, too much. And kids will figure it out. That's why I like the millennials, right? Um, there's a company called Razer, well-known for gaming accessories and peripherals. They said eSports. Well, they got into the eSports big time. This is the mouse that'll help you win your game. This is the keyboard that'll help you win your game. This is the joystick that'll help you win your game. Razer is looking to underwrite gaming companies and esports teams because a lot of people are watching them games. The audience is huge. It's bigger than the sports industry. The NFL has nothing on esports. Nothing. Soccer's pretty close. But sometimes you have to break the mold a little bit. And that's why I like Robin Hood. I like watching the millennials. And I like watching Asia Pacific. Like you have to learn your indicators that you're going to follow and where and why it's important. So for instance, if I were to talk about the old U.S. economy overall, I look at the Dow Transports first and foremost. It's not the end statistic that I look at. But if the transport stocks are sitting at six-month highs, that tells me the expectations worldwide are that we're transporting goods, and if we're transporting goods, we're doing business. We're either transporting my butt to Hawaii for vacation, we're transporting my butt to New York for a business meeting, or we're sending Rob a new TV to buy or a video game console. Transport's important to follow. you got to look at your indicators. I am okay with Robin Hood. I'm going to defend it. I don't like it for some, but I love it for most. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial money, investing, and more. Find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter Rob Black Show, YouTube Rob Black Show. Find us at robblackshow.com. Robblackshow.com. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial money, investing, and more. I want to finish some thoughts on millennials and their money habits. Millennials are much more likely to engage in investing in crypto, and I'm okay with that. Crypto reminds me of the 1990s when I started investing. There was dot-com mania. Dot-com mania was you bought anything that ended up with a dot-com when it was invested, when it became an IPO. We saw how much money Yahoo and Google made in their IPOs, and we're like, we want the next one. And we started investing in ridiculous, dumb, incredibly inane stuff. We found companies that would make a scent on the internet so you could smell the internet. We're like, that, that's going to be great. That's going to be big. It's more immersive. It never worked out. The company wasn't able to deliver smells through your web browser. Crypto reminds me of the dot-com era. There was a lot of what there was going to be some winners and there's be mostly losers. And that's true in 2000, 2002 white, most losers have gone forever. Um, there was, do you remember geo cities? Like you could build your own web page and, It was awful, right? Because we saw what MySpace, what a corporate website looked like. We're like, we must copy this. So crypto reminds me of 1995, very much so. 
it's not so much about the tokens and all the trading and all the frenzy that's going around. That reminds me of the dot-com era. What's interesting to me about crypto is the actual networking platforms themselves and the ability to connect with smart contracts. Smart contracts are amazing. What I can tell you about crypto is the, the, the college tuition industry is broken. College books are broken. When you buy a book, a chemistry book, that publisher knows you're going to sell it back to the school. The school bookstore is going to sell it to the next student. They're going to sell it back to the school. They're going to sell it to the next student. So that book, to, it gets bought once to the publisher. So the publisher is charged $200 for the book. And you're like, God, what is this book really worth 200 It's not. But when you make that book crypto, when you put it onto a platform where the publisher can get paid every time it's resold, say 5% revenue, royalty, they're stoked and they can lower the price of books. So I'm really good with what are called smart contracts, and that's where crypto makes a ton of sense. I'm leaning towards Ethereum in my life, but you need to figure out what's proper for your life. Platforms and contracts are what I like about crypto. So the non-fungible token, when you see Michael Jordan slam a ball over someone's and you buy that picture, when you sell it, Michael Jordan can get 1% again. And if that person sells that Michael Jordan NFT, Michael Jordan can get 1% again in revenues. That's where crypto wins. It gives the artist control. You're seeing millions and millions of people buying and investing in crypto because it's far cheaper and simpler than investing in stocks. I don't think we fully have the understanding of the impact of crypto, and it'll be about 10 more years. Robinhood has a gamification element that I don't like. We're not going to close the income gap in the world unless we take chances with things like Robinhood. Not as an investment per se, but if you want to go that direction, do your own homework. But getting young people to buy assets, I think, can help change the billionaires versus the low-income fast food workers. We're not going to close that gap. But it's a step in the right direction. Reducing income inequality is really about enabling people to have access to assets that appreciate over time. Everything in the world should be digital accounts. I'm tired of the old dinosaurs who are like, where's my paycheck? When we had the pandemic, our government was trying to send paper checks to Americans. That's stupid. Everything should be digital at this point in time. And yeah, there's going to be some hacks. But there's hacks with paper checks too. Just so you know, everyone needs real, real digital accounts, in my opinion. Anyway, um, there's so much money involved in stable coins. And again, I'll do a show one day on crypto and digital currencies. Stable coins are going to have to be regulated. Things like Dogecoin, they're going to have to be regulated because there's too much fraud going on. I can easily start black coins. Black, 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 black. And you're saying black like the color? No, like black like my last name. Black. Um, TikTok is, I'm okay with it. 
Kids are learning a lot from TikTok. Um, understanding what these platforms offer in education or what we understanding what they do in bad things is forgetting that they also do some good things. So Google for whatever bad it does gives you access to the world. And we're going to have to take the good and the bad. As parents, we need to step up our game, in my opinion. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial money, investing, and more. You can find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter Rob Black Show, YouTube Rob Black Show. Um, flood insurance, do you need it, do you not need it? Most of Americans are grossly underinsured. Make sure that's not you. Part of being on a path towards wealth means you have to earn more money. You have to invest money into assets. You have to save money. And you have to ensure what you can't afford to lose. Save, insurance, earn, invest. Those are the four key words. Those are my four horsemen. You can find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter Rob Black Show, YouTube Rob Black Show. If you need a referral to a financial planner, drop an email to me at robblackshow.com. Irreverent, over the top, and smart as a whip. This is the Rob Black Show. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.